Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler and this week's episode is part of Audio Week, the third in our four emerged and emerging specialism weeks, also covering e-commerce, connected TV and gaming, all running throughout 2021. And all of this brought to you by our official Audio Week partner, Spotify. In this special episode, I chat to Will Freeman and Luke Taplin-McCallum from AudioMob about the importance of audio in gaming. We relive our adolescent years with a potted history of sound in games and get into why there's been such a boom of audio content in games of late. We also talk about brands that are nailing it when it comes to audio and gaming and ponder what the future might hold for creatives, producers and game developers. If you want to immerse yourself further in the world of audio, check out and watch all the events forming part of Audio Week, which include our exclusive Real Living research, a debate and a creative workshop, all at iabuk.com. But for now, it's over to Will to share his take on the long-running relationship between sound and games. Sound and games have had evolving relationship over time. I think it's fair to say that in the early days of games, or even the early decades of games, audio was a bit of an unsung hero, as we saw the kind of very minimal blocky graphics of the 70s move towards, you know, the dawn of true 3D in the 90s. Uh, Some of it came before that. But there was an increasing obsession by the games industry, by players, by the press, that about the move for games to photorealism, trying to look Mm. visually convincing. And that rather came at the expense of audio getting attention traditionally. You know, in the 90s, you would hear perhaps video game audio people bemoan that they were never getting credit in reviews and so on. That's changed a tremendous amount over time. And I think almost in reflection as well, you start to realise that actually audio really is the kind of cement that connects the human player with the game. So very brief moments from gaming audio's past can be amazingly kind of evocative and bring about a nostalgia that maybe actually even seeing a screenshot or a you know, particular shade of colour mm. common in a game. I mean, I'll quickly play the famous Sega Mega Drive startup, also heard on many Sega games, and hopefully some listeners, this might take them back a bit, including the very low-quality audio you're about <laughs> to hear, because this is from a long time ago, but uh, here it is. Now, to a certain age person, that might thrust you into sitting in front of an old TV playing Sonic. I don't know, going around friends' house who had a Mega Drive and so on. I mean, going back to 1989, a two-tone noise was the Game Boy turning on. And that's Mm. still this kind of iconic and evocative sound and still used as an indent today to suggest gaming. I will actually slip in one more, which is a kind of slightly longer one from EA Sports that it's a shame they don't use as much anymore. EA Sports. It's in the game. You know, there's this basic thing that either, oh, those examples probably were from the mm. era of game audio as an unsung hero. But looking back 20, 30 years, or however old I've got to now, but to look to more recent examples, you know, I think as we started to see games come out on CDs and it was easier to get audio files onto them, we mm. started to have things like Grand Theft Auto's radio was really part yeah. of that game being a kind of parody and pastiche of popular culture. For me, when the Tony Hawk games came out and I was still just about getting on a skateboard every day. I now use it to go to the shops and back once a year. But yeah, you know, that game and its soundtrack, it 
didn't just it took the kind of californian pop punk scene of the time mm. which was still pretty underground and thrust it into the mainstream and it had this tremendous effect i'd recommend the documentary pretending i'm a superman about the tony hawk games and their cultural legacy and it talks about suddenly these tiny kind of underground punk bands were getting this huge mainstream platform yeah. but it didn't just make those bands famous it thrust pop punk and skateboard it was probably the reason skateboarding was in the background of tv commercials for about 15 mm. years it changed mainstream fashion it actually changed skateboarding and now you know how many people wear skate shoes or skate brands all these years on skateboarding as little as i do now yeah it helped record labels it helped the whole genre it you know the very poppy punk bands that followed so i guess what i'm saying is like the audio in games again it kind of transcends games almost and mm. it really is how we connect with games there's a final point on this we've I'm sure people heard of the travis scott gig in Fortnite last yeah, yeah, yeah. year that 12 million people turned up to the Block by Block West Festival in Minecraft, um, the more recent Ariana Grande, uh, I'm probably saying that wrong, shows that I'm out of touch and old, but her recent gig in Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, you could even say, you know, tiny underground rave promoters mm -hmm. that were affected by the pandemic were using the video game streaming platform Twitch to host kind of game-themed events. So SingStar, the karaoke game that came out in 2004, God, suddenly yeah. massively expanded. Yeah. It, a simple karaoke game. Hold mm. a mic, sing along to text on screen. Yeah. Suddenly, huge numbers of people invested in consoles or became literate in setting up consoles. I lived with four non-gamers who, before SingStar, did not know how to steal my PlayStation and plug it in <laughs> upstairs, and then they could. So yeah, games throughout their history, it is audio and sound that is really at the heart of the kind of powerful connection with the user and luke is it you know when we think about you know my experience with things like tony hawk grand theft Auto, it's all very console based is it a slightly different rule but when you come to think about mobile gaming as well really glad you asked that one look it's quite evident in the console space that music soundtracks the theater is a really important part in the mobile gaming space it's a little bit different right it still was a very intimate lean environment mm. but the kind of the music the theatricals they're not as pertinent that said sound and what we hear makes up a part of the gaming experience but yeah it's not at the forefront of the gaming experience that said what we hear in that gaming environment has a massive impact of how we feel what we do so on and so forth is there something around gaming as well i mean so much is made of the fact that what sound on and what sound on, just because of situations, you know, if you're sat on the back of the bus on a 4G connection, it's highly likely if you've not got headphones, you're probably going to have sound off. Is there a sound off, sound on thing here as well with, if you're playing a console, then arguably probably 90 something percent of people have got sound on. Does mobile, the sound off thing, make it slightly different? We've done some research around sound on environments in the mobile space. Yet some people choose to mute the in-game audio especially if they're out and about in social environments, especially when we look at the younger audiences, the 18 to 24 year olds, for example, we actually know around 60 odd percent of those demographics are listening to audio content in the background. So that could be a Spotify playlist. It could be Will listening to his Ariana Grande release, or it could be a podcast of sorts. <laughs> mm. So they're almost doing the sort of edit decision of I'm going to play this thing with this track in the background. It reminds me of FIFA 2000 and something, FIFA tracks. You could import your own music into the FIFA game, so you didn't have to you know, listen to that. I mean, that's so well ahead of their time on that. It's incredible. 
Yeah, I think you bring up an interesting point there. I'd also point to the amazing old PlayStation 1 game, Vib Ribbon, where you put in a CD and it built the levels out of the ah. music. And famously, an All Saints album was very hard to complete. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, with genuine respect to some of the brilliant audio work made by game developers in their mobile games, <laughs> it's just a different device from a console or PC. Yeah. So one of the things that's happening is we're far more sport for choice in the audio we can listen to mm. from the mobile while we play. So... mobile game audio can be fantastic of course it can but at the same time yeah we might listen to a podcast at the same time or listen to music at the same time so i think that's the different dynamic audio still has a great role and you know if you're playing retro games on a mobile phone some of those nostalgic sounds are very important but yeah it's a device where we've got many more choices to the audio we consume at the same time as gaming so kind of have a slightly different relationship with audio and games there and you're right, maybe some of those early FIFA games and other games that let you add your own tracks were kind of part of the move towards that. Mm. Key thing for me in this is that clearly what we hear in games has a massive impact over everything, right? In the mobile space, even though the audio is not a quintessential part of that gaming experience, clearly it's very powerful. Mm. So for advertisers, it presents a very important tool. Let me ask about, maybe you all have a view, Will, uh, sort of sound design when it comes to this. It's such multi-layered now when it comes to gaming in terms of, well, if you think about sport, there's the whole, the accuracy of the F1 car that you might hear, the crowd, the music, there's the incidental stuff that goes on top. Is this sort of big business? You have people that will literally go in now and design sound for games, be it mobile or console. And of course, people that are playing these games are are wearing top-of-the-range headphones as well to get this amazing immersive experience. We had something on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago about 8D audio and, well, how it's a bit of a fad, actually. But there are some (laughs) incredible things you can do with sound now. Is this a big kind of market that people get into and, you know, people that would have maybe made albums with bands are now in this new space around sound design for games? I will resist talking for three hours non-stop about this because it's a really exciting <laughs> space. But yes, there, you know, there is, across all forms of games, there are a tremendous variety of service companies and gaming-specific voice recording places and, you know, composers that are devoted to the craft of games mm. and all kinds of audio service companies. And yeah, I wrote and I really enjoyed writing an article. I also do some work as a games journalist um, about serious train simulation games and there's people that will take trains out on special journeys with mics thrust in every so that they can get the sound right you know mics up inside the mechanisms and under the wheels and in different places so depending on the player's position Mm. they hear an authentic sound at the same time i just want to say very simple audio can be profoundly powerful in games so yes there is this ambitious and fascinating and amazing world of driving games the devotion they have or kind of shooting games you know going out into real deserts and Mm. recording gunfire echo off distant mountains but a very simple piece of audio can be powerful in a game as proved by the earlier kind of sega boot noise or you know there are some wonderful modern games not so there isn't craft in creating it but with fairly simple music or sonic landscapes that still are powerful, I guess, in the same way. And illustration isn't deemed by how complicated the technique is, but how good it is to look at. Let's get into ads then, Luke. When you think about audio ads, specifically in mobile games, what is the mechanic and how is it different to what we think is the traditional in-game format? 
Yeah, we're talking about mobile games, right? There's 3 billion gamers in the world, 2.8 of which are playing on mobile. It's a super broad, super amazing space with, you know, the 40,000 different gaming developers and publishers producing all kinds of different games, the most of which are free to play, mm. right? So to be viable, they need to monetize via in-game ads. And traditionally, prior to Audiomob anyway, it's been banner ads or interstitials as the main form of monetizing these games, um, and for us as avid gamers, you know, we actually prefer to not be intruded upon when we're playing a game. So <laughs> that's where audio comes in, right? We can still enable developers to monetize their games through ads without actually impacting the in-game experience. You can continue to play your game. So the benefit for the developer is obvious, I guess. They get to make some money from this, so they get to create the game for free, they get to make some money from a person point of view you were talking about that sort of intrusiveness perhaps of the visual sometimes and we know if you go back in the history of mobile ads in games they probably <clears throat> get a pretty hard rap because they were pop over and they were interruptive and they weren't very polite we've come a long way since then but you're saying audio yeah. feels like this slightly more seamless way of doing it absolutely and like you know there's more games than ever leaning on this form of monetization right there's over 800 different games around the world making over a million dollars per month wow so it's no longer those you know top five hero titles yeah. in the mobile gaming space it's super broad but yeah in terms of value gaming developers they love in-game audio it means they can still monetize their mm -hmm. games without actually putting ads halfway through a level and impacting the creative direction if you like of their games which they spend a long time obviously building and developing and then consumers yeah you know gamers they love it as well we get great feedback from consumers because they can play their games. They're free to play games at scale without being interrupted by a, a pop-up ad halfway through. So that's really awesome. And then finally, of course, for brands, they can now take the intimate, engaging format that is audio, insert it into this super lean and engaging space, which is mobile gaming, to warmly receptive mobile gamers. So yeah, we're, we're chuffed to say, you know, it's real value for publisher, consumer and brand. And when you're thinking about it from a content point of view, Will, do you have to think quite carefully about that interruptive element as well? Because, yeah, you know, whacking an MPU in front of someone on a mobile screen isn't great. But at the same time, if you don't treat the audio with care, it could jar a little bit. So do, do you give that lots of consideration? It's very much built into audio mob technology that in a basic way, you know, it doesn't abruptly start. right. right. There's some delicacy with the edit, so to speak, which is all handled by AudioMob. I think that's it. You know, we do live in a place where we're used to, whether it's playlists or radio or however we can sort of mm. audio, one of its strengths is it shift and move in that way. So one of our placements in the Big Brother game where they actually, there was a radio in a room nice. in the game. And so the audio ads came from a radio nice. yeah to our delight the developer ninth impact reported users kind of asking for more ads obviously there's the whole rewarded thing with a lot yeah. of in-game mobile ads you know you gain extra speed boosts for a car in a racing game or so on mm. by listening to an audio ad and we give the developers the ability to do that through our kind of developer facing tools you know advertising exists in real life and thus, whether you're trying to make a game realistic or just kind of convincing and believable, ads can actually kind of add to that. I'd point to the Tony Hawk games I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, As a skateboarder, yeah. I adored that skateboarding brands kind yeah. of had, you know, advertisements contextually placed there. The creative is the most important part here, I reckon, James. You know, in the same way you wouldn't take a radio ad and put it on a podcast mm. or a TV ad and whack it on Facebook, 
but we're suggesting potentially think about the creative execution in this space, right? Because this is a bit different. Let's talk about some examples. There's obvious youth brands that sort of, it's a no-brainer that they should be in games and probably do some audio stuff. Probably some less obvious ones as well, but talk to us about ones that have impressed you, brands that are doing it well. Do you know what? It really varies. I mean, when we chat with brands, we chat about what they want to say to people and how they want to say it in the gaming space. We're thinking about the kind of, you know, what is this environment like? How are people feeling in that space? And what research tells us is that when people are playing mobile games, they're happier. They're relaxed, they're interested, they're focused, Mm. they're engaged. And if you think about mobile games in particular, right, it's a five to 25 minute moment of downtime in someone's day. They're there Mm. to unwind, to chill out, maybe socialise with friends. So it's a real opportunity for brands to kind of play with people in a space that they're there to play as well. So like, you know, we know audio as a format it's incredibly compelling. I listened to Ian Livingstone, founder of the Games Workshop, recently talk about how he much prefers radio to TV because mm. the picture's better in radio. And I love that, right? Mm. We can play in the theatre of the mind and tell stories. So when you couple that with this very intimate space that is mobile gaming, all of a sudden, there's a real creative license to play around. So to answer your question, what are brands doing? Yeah, well, give us some examples. So for the first half of this year, we're doing loads in the music space. We're being treated like a silver bullet, really, by entertainment brands because of gamers. They consume a lot of media, they consume a lot of music. Mm. Um, and what we're finding is labels and artists taking this opportunity to speak to people really direct mm. in nice. this moment. So, yeah, really capitalising on that one-to-one connection. So I'll play you one from Evanescence, and this was like a gift on a plate for us here because Evanescence, who I absolutely love, they had a track called The Game Is Over, <laughs> so you can see where we're going with this we had Amy Lee lead singer from Evanescence interrupt the game so we talked about creative tonality in this case we wanted to be a little bit more abrupt and intrusive mm. and Amy Lee saying hey Amy Lee from Evanescence here and guess what the game is over have a listen to this hey 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 check it out this is Amy Lee from Evanescence and guess what the game is over after you finish this one go check out that song and the rest of our new album The Bitter Truth right after you lock in that high score It works. It just works, doesn't it? It's perfect. Give us another example. Give us some other things. Because, I mean, that is just such a good example. And I guess if you think about a record label, yeah, they're spot on for doing that. Any other examples that you've used? Yeah, just one more from the music space. Mm. So that one, the tonality was geared to be a bit more intrusive. But, you know, we can dial it down a little bit and be a little bit more contextual, if you like. So Sam Felt, he, he released a track called The Riddle of Love. So imagine you're playing a game, potentially it's a word game or a brain training Mm. game where riddles are an important part of that. This is the ad that you'd hear in that instance. Like a riddle, like a riddle, I know it's hard but I work it out like a riddle. Yo, I'm Sam Felt and I'm guessing from this game you like riddles? This is my new track, The Riddle. Tap the banner to listen now and enjoy. But let's say you were playing a dating game or on a dating app. Mm. We're just kind of taking it away from riddles, but more about love. So this is Sam Felt speaking to you about finding love. Like a riddle, like a riddle. I know it's hard, but I work it out like a riddle. Hey, this is Sam Felt, and I'm guessing you're looking for love. 
This is my new track, all about the riddle of love. Tap the banner to listen now, and I hope you find love. And it's just the nuance there is what you were talking about earlier, Will. Just with a bit of thought, the nuance is, is so important, yeah. creates something different. Yeah, I really love Luke's point earlier about games as kind of, you know, they're defined by play. Mm. There's some exceptions, of course, but in general, they're kind of playful spaces. And it's actually and intimate spaces. They're little places we go to, to chill out, to be different, mm. to, you know, live a different life. But they're certainly intimate and they're certainly playful. And that's such a nice way for brands, you know, we say really well it's true audio ads they're non-interrupting mm. but you can play on that yeah yeah as the evanescence singer did you know it's actually a very kind of a way for brands to be very human form mm. a very human connection and you know especially with artists whether you're a fan or a potential fan getting to hear that kind of voice saying something directly to you that fits the exact context you're in yeah they can be a lot of fun yeah. it's really encouraging how often kind of a fun playful approach really works for brands in the context of mobile games and audio ads let's just spend the last couple of minutes talking about we've sort of gone into the past and had the brilliant potted history we've talked about what you can do now and how people can get involved let's just touch on the future a little bit i mean where is this space going and how quickly are things accelerating i mean we've seen with gaming and we talked about it lots on the podcast actually people being locked in their homes has just been this amazing boom for gaming over lockdown and the pandemic we've smashed to bits all the stereotypes around who's gaming and what they're doing but specifically in this space give us a flavor of kind of what's coming next luke sure Massive boom through COVID. And what we're finding is it's not slowing down in the mobile gaming space. Mm. So we're downloading 30% more games and apps than we were pre-COVID. This is a new behaviour that's here to stay. And what I'm super excited about in particular, I mean, I listened to a podcast with you and Admix the other day, James. Mm. I think it was Alex speaking about yeah, yeah. the industry in this moment of kind of limbo where we're stuck between being interested in gaming, but actually intent and in implementing something. And what we're finding with audio and games... It's a real easy and obvious way for brands to take a step into this space. So what we're seeing now is endemic brands just repurpose their kind of audio creative for the gaming space. A couple of words here and there, making mm -hmm. a nod to the mobile gaming space. For example, we've done some stuff with Intel, also worked with an FMCG brand that makes nappies. And there's a great brand up the study off the back of that where we saw message association increase by 13%, mm. purchase intent increased by 52%. So what we're seeing now are brands really use in-game audio as a stepping stone to explore this world of gaming. You talked about purchase intent for the nappy brand. Is measurement still a key one to solve here? Because, of course, that advertiser would have done some sort of brand effectiveness study. They do take longer to do they do cost money where is measurement on this thing and you've been in audio a long time luke and this isn't something that's just for audio ads i think the whole audio space in terms of measurement but what's sort of needed if measurement as advertisers keep telling us is the thing that's sometimes holding them back from spending more what do you think's needed in this space to give them more confidence to start spending and start getting clarity on whether something's working or not mm, i think it depends on where the activity sits in the pipe really i'm going back to that old 
funnel analogy you know if we're staying true to most audio and we're sitting you know awareness consideration then it's all about that verification right impression verification and things like that and we're working with industry leaders on making sure that is possible and feasible within mm. the mobile gaming space so that's very important to us however what we're seeing this kind of nods into the future is actually we're bringing something a little bit different to audio advertising james because mm. for the first time we're taking audio ads and we're putting them in the active consumption of content, the primary screen, and we've got that visual unit served with every single ad. And people can click on it. And what we're seeing is people are choosing to click away from a game, which is very addictive, by the way. Mobile games are very addictive. <laughs> um, and they're choosing to engage with that content, clicking the banner and exploring other bits of content on advertisers' web page, or it might be listening to a Justin Bieber track on Spotify, for example, it might be downloading a PDF of sorts, or even installing an app, perhaps. And when we talk about measurement there, you know, things get a little bit more binary. Yeah. Will, finishes off, what are you most excited about of what we can expect next? I think this is a trend that is certainly very meaningful to brands and brand and audio ad opportunities in games. I'd bring this up if we weren't talking about audio at all. Is It's really exciting how games are kind of transcending their own medium. Mm. They're really becoming places and destinations. Mm. You know, if you can go to a gig in Fortnite, you yeah. can really understand games as almost venues mm. where the core experience in you know, Fortnite remains a multiplayer shooting game. But I think, you know, increasingly we're going to see games have their core gameplay but be social places venues destinations and the idea that brands and audio remains as i was speaking about at the beginning this kind of powerful connection point between people and games i just think we're going to see so many opportunities for game designers people behind game technology but also for brands for audio ads as games increasingly become these venues i'm trying to resist overusing What's arguably a buzzword? The metaverse. <laughs> ah, there it is. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I said I'm a journalist as well, so obviously I have to mention some buzzwords. Are we going to be kind of plugged in to the Ready Player One experience? <laughs> Possibly not. If you can go and share a social experience in a game as a venue, and, you know, I'm really excited as someone who's also fascinated by games and playing and game design, you know, the kind of the something in the games industry, emergent play, where players improvise their own ways of playing a game within the system of a game and so on. So games are just going to become open. They're going to increasingly be venues and carry on being diverse. Mm. You know, there will still be all the niche forms. I'm not saying all games are going to go this way. I'm still one of those people that likes to stand at an old arcade cabinet to play a game. And I still will for as long as the circuit boards are working. But yeah, I think that's the most profound change. Brands can start to think, well, what have we done in real physical spaces? And how can we take that to games where we're less limited, you know, by reality yeah love it i love that last point will luke thank you so much for being well one being part of audio week and just giving us a slightly different take on gaming as well we've covered it lots on the podcast there's clearly loads of excitement around it but i love the take on getting into audio so thank you both very much and of course we mentioned a load of people we mentioned evanescence mentioned all saints ariana grande got to mention justin bieber at the end as well so it's been a real sort of star-studded lineup but thank you <laughs> both very much details on how to get in touch for your order mob are going to be in the intro so thanks very much chaps thank you thanks so much Cheers, james well, Freeman and Luke Taplin McCallum from Audio Mob there. I thought Will's point around simplicity when it comes to audio design was a brilliant one. Not everything has to be some sort of sophisticated audio landscape. And when you think about the brilliance of something like 
EA Sports is in the game, you get exactly what he means. As a reminder, if you want to catch up on any of the aforementioned content from Audio Week, you can find it all at iabuk.com. And all of this made possible by Audio Week sponsors, Spotify. Thanks very much for listening. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.